Can't you ask me an intelligent question? I didn't want to confuse you. From the beautiful rolling hills of south-central Pennsylvania, I am Dean Martin, your host, and you're listening to the HarmaCast, the official podcast of the Alexander Harmonizers. News and information, though, for barbershoppers everywhere. So uh, today's show is no different. Uh, A special treat with an interview with Charlie Rose and Dwayne Henry from the Harmony Brigades. I uh, first approached Charlie about doing this several years ago, actually, long before the HarmaCast was in existence. And uh, timing and so forth just never worked out, so I was excited when Dwayne contacted me via email and said, would you be interested in interviewing us? Uh, We have some exciting stuff happening in the brigades and exciting information for guys, barbershoppers around the world who might be interested in in attending a brigade or are just passionate about barbershop quartet singing in general. Uh, that interview is coming up here in a couple minutes. But uh, if you have not purchased your ticket yet for the Choir of the World concert, uh, June 27th, Westminster Chorus is stopping in D.C. on their way to Philadelphia to International. And uh, a joint show with the Harmonizers, Westminster Chorus, uh, Barbershop uh, Gold Medalists, and also 2009 Choir of the World uh, chorus winners, along with uh, Gold Medal Quartet, OC Times, and uh, the, the rest of the quartet lineup is like n- none you have ever seen before. So it's a show that you are not going to want to miss. Go to alexandriaharmonizerspresent.com. There's a phone number there and a web link to uh, to order your tickets online, but there are not many left. Uh, I know there was a couple left earlier in the week. Log in, get your tickets today. You do not want to miss this show. Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You are only waiting for this moment to We're pleased to have on the show today two friends of mine in the Barbershop Harmony Society, two guys who are passionate about quartetting. In fact, the organization we're going to talk about today has for its logo Extreme Quartetting, and it's uh, the, the Harmony Brigades. Uh, the Harmony Brigades have been a while for, around for a number of years now, but uh, first on the line today is Charlie Rose. Uh, Charlie joined the society in 1970, has been chapter president, and in fact held every office, I think, in the chapter besides secretary. He's been uh, Dixie District president and uh, been on the International Society Board. Uh, Charlie lives in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, which he says is uh, halfway between Miami and New York City. I guess he measured that out using Google Maps or something. But uh, welcome to the show today, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm fine, Dean. Glad (laughs) to be with you, and I hope we can give enough information out so barbershoppers listening will grab hold of the opportunity to attend a local brigade rally. Now, Charlie, I heard someone rag on you one time, I think it was Chuck Green, actually, said you are such a promiscuous quartetter, there's not a man in the Dixie District that has not sung with you in a quartet. Is that uh, is that correct? I would suspect that it's uh, uh, almost the truth. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have sung in more quartets that only rehearsed before going on stage uh, for about an hour because of us having common songs, you know, that we already knew. Um, I've been in more mic-testing quartets than probably anybody else. Uh, um, never, I've only been in the top ten once. So, um, 
uh, I just enjoy singing. I enjoy singing with lots of different people. I, I love to promote quartetting. One district convention, I sang in nine novice quartets. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> Uh, we they 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 didn't have any about an hour before the contest, and I just said, now if you want some quartets, I'll get them, but uh, uh, you'll just have to put up with me. So, uh, but that was a challenge. <laughs> well, at least everyone in the contest knew who you were by the uh, time it was over. But uh, also on the line today is Dwayne Henry. Dwayne lives in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, which uh, I guess you're getting ready for the big uh, Indy 500 this weekend. He joined the society in 1994. He's been a chapter president, membership VP, and at the district level is a director of quartet development, I understand, uh, this year, which is a new new position. Uh, welcome to the show today, Dwayne. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. How's, how's everything in Indiana? Everything in Indiana is nice and warm. <laughs> it's warm here today, too. A little heat wave came through this week, a little out of character for the season, but... Uh, I wanted to spend some time today talking about the Harmony Brigades and uh, the, the you know, North Carolina Harmony Brigade has been around for quite a while. Uh, Indiana, not so long, uh, Atlantic even shorter, but uh, and there's Great Lakes coming online now uh, with uh, several more in the mix. But um, maybe this one for Charlie. How did the whole brigade concept originally begin? Okay. In the late 1950s, um, uh, the Confederates was an international champion quartet out of Dixie District, very popular Confederate quartet. And they, along with guys from the Memphis and the Nashville, Tennessee chapters, thought that we ought to have a weekend of singing with the Confederates and letting them entertain them, and also a weekend for all the chapter and district officers in Dixie District to get together for a very informal weekend. So they formed a society subsidiary called the Confederate Harmony Brigade. And the Confederate Harmony Brigade was uh, a society subsidiary, and it was made up of members, 50 member colonels from the Dixie District. Later in, 19, in the 1960s, the state of Florida uh, uh, formed its own district called the Sunshine District. So after they did that, the Dixie District and the Confederate Harmony Brigade was then made up of members from two districts, Sunshine and Dixie. And the Confederate Brigade operates today. Uh, I'm a member of that as well as the, the other brigades. Um, the Confederate Brigade uh, does a lot of polecat singing, and uh, they put on a show with a local chapter one time a year, uh, a very fine organization. But I had to travel some distance to to go to a brigade rally, so I decided that maybe I could bring something closer to my home that uh, I could involve people that would go to a brigade in North Carolina that may not be interested in going to southern Florida or southern Georgia to a Confederate brigade rally. So I formed the North Carolina Armor Brigade, which is now a society subsidiary, back in 1993. And we have approximately 100 to 130, 40 people every once a year in early January uh, for a brigade rally. And uh, this is our 19th or 20th year coming up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a real thrill. And then we've developed other brigades. Uh, um, so that's probably a good question for Dwayne, because Dwayne has developed an operations manual 
uh, and some information that if somebody wanted to get this operation manual, they would hear a lot and see a lot, read a lot of what I'm talking about now, history of the Confederate Brigade and then the history of the other brigades. So, um, now, Dwayne, Dwayne, if you want to sign in. Yeah, Dwayne, did you, you started the next brigade, right? Indiana was the second brigade to start? Yeah, Indiana was the second brigade. Myself and uh, Dr. Terry Silkey started it. I had a very good friend here in Indianapolis that moved to Wilmington, North Carolina. And he attended, uh, he was invited to the North Carolina Harmony Brigade sometime in the late 90s, I guess it was. So he was telling me all about this uh, this Harmony Brigade idea, which uh, I didn't know a thing about. And at that particular time, uh, you had to be a member of a North Carolina chapter to attend the brigade. And so there's more ways than one to skin a cat, so he made me a uh, dual member of the Wilmington, North Carolina chapter. And so I attended my first brigade in 2001, and uh, when I left, uh, I was just really pumped and excited about uh, this quartet activity. And uh, I had a good friend in my in my chapter here in Indianapolis. Uh, as I said, Dr. Terry Silky, I told him about it. Uh, we made him a dual member of the Wilmington chapter the next year. And uh, on the way back, why he and I decided that it, this was just too great a thing for it to be uh, in only North Carolina. So I guess you could say that the camel got its nose under the tent. And uh, we came back to uh, Indianapolis and started working on uh, on a program here, and we were finally able to launch it in uh, in 2003. Now, the thing about uh, the brigade in those days is that there was really no one that knew anything about what the brigade was other than in North Carolina. And so it was a little bit of a difficult sell in those days because people just didn't have a concept of it. But uh, nonetheless, we were able to pull it off, and we're getting ready to uh, we're getting ready to have our eighth rally uh, this year. That's how uh, that's how Indiana got started. So, at what point, Charlie, did uh, North Carolina open up? I know you know Neil and the guys from Atlantic started coming down at some point. What at what point did you open things up to other uh, you know people outside North Carolina? Right, as I said, we formed in 1993, and I suspect, and probably mid-1990, say, 95 to 96, uh, we started inviting guys from other states. Um, you know, people in North Carolina had friends in other states that loved quartet mm-hmm. and didn't have quartet opportunities like we had. So they said, well, can I bring these guys down, like Neil the Seagulls from, from up in New York? And so they visited. And then Terry and Dwayne came from Indiana. So I guess after, say, five years of operating in in North Carolina, we started opening up to people from other states. And, uh, and that's true today. We have people coming from many other states and a couple foreign countries. So, um, um, you know, the, uh, the brigades are sort of limited to um, having no more than, say, 150 and hopefully maybe 130 might be a, a maximum capacity for a weekend. Okay. Yeah, we, we limit our we limit our rally to uh, 30 men of each voice part. Gotcha. It's just, it's just a little more manageable that way. 
Right. Now, Charlie had mentioned the Confederate Brigade, and I had forgot all about that. Uh, I think Charlie told me that story once uh, the, a couple years ago. Uh, I thought that North Carolina was the first one, but uh, but really it was the first of this type of uh, brigade. The Confederate Charlie mentioned the Confederate Brigade being a bit less formal. One of the things that I think has been a, a core concept from the start is bringing in some upper-level quartet music, some different songs to learn besides polecats. So when you get to a district convention or international or midwinter or something and see some other guys uh, that you know you have songs a different set of songs to sing besides the polecats what are some other core concepts or the core elements in the brigade program that you guys feel contribute to its success i think the the biggest core element is uh a personal commitment on the on the guy coming to a brigade rally to to be quartet ready on the 10 or 12 songs that are in the repertoire for the weekend. Uh, not only is he ready personally and committed to those 10 or 12 songs, he's able to hold his own in a quartet contest. And Dean and Dwayne know as well as I do that singing before a hundred of your peers, and even if it's an informal quartet contest, can be very, very challenging and, and very intimidating because the other guys out there know what the words and the notes are, and they're just sitting there waiting for you to fall apart. <laughs> uh, and it can happen. But the core element of being prepared is one. The second thing is the commitment to be away from from your family and your chapter for a weekend and mix and mingle with guys that you just normally don't get to sing with. And then I think it's the number three would be the level of the music is uh, is gold medalist type songs. Now there there are a lot of good gold medalist songs that we would love to sing, but uh, we don't have the pipes and the capabilities naturally that our gold medal brothers have. But there are some of their songs that that we are able to do, and not only in a quartet, but also sing them on a Saturday night show. So. I think those are, are the core elements. Yeah, I think the biggest one is, is, is the, the preparation and the commitment. Uh, you know, it's certainly one of the things that we, that we continue to stress uh, to the people. And then, and then the other is, I think, uh, you know, getting new people interested uh, in the brigade to, to perpetuate the movement. Now, Dwayne, when you began the Indiana Brigade, are there, did you model it pretty much exactly like North Carolina, or are there things that you uh, specifically do differently than, uh, than the other brigade? Well, there's a few things that we do different, but, but we have what we call core elements uh, of a brigade. And when we started, the, when we started Indiana, uh, there were some things that, of course, Terry and I, having gone there, uh, for a couple of years, we said, well, you know, we think that we'd like to do this. And then the guys from North Carolina came to Indiana and said, hey, I like what they've done. So they go back and they change it. So we have fed off of each other. And uh, we've got about seven or eight what we call core elements for a brigade to be called a brigade. Now, that doesn't mean that, that each one of us can't have a few things that are, are fairly common to our own brigade. But, uh, but for the most part, yes. If, if you go to the brigade in North Carolina and you go to the one in Indiana or Atlantic, uh, you're going to see pretty much uh, the same format. 
Now, one of the things that I've enjoyed, and I've been involved in Atlantic since its first year, and only more recently at North Carolina the last, I think I've been to North Carolina the last three, but uh, one of the, the things that I enjoyed is, uh, I think, what, what I'll call the encouragement of guys to sing with as many different people and as many different combinations of quartets as possible. It prevents four good singers from getting together at the beginning of the weekend, and then that's all they sing with uh, all weekend. And, you know, lesser uh, singers of lesser ability, such as myself, you know, get to sing with Tim Warwick. You know, and Tim was Atlantic there last year, but uh, shyer guys uh, get integrated in with the more outgoing guys. You know, everyone really gets a chance to sing with almost everybody else that uh, at some point during that weekend is that something that has been uh, integrated into the process from the beginning uh yes it yeah, is. Y- y- yes it is dwayne i'll take this one if you don't mind the go ahead the 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 thing about uh, uh the core elements is in the early stages of north carolina brigade we would announce who the guys were in the quartet and what song they were going to sing and they immediately would grab the the three of them or the four of them would grab themselves and go off and just disappear. And they'd be gone for three, four hours uh, rehearsing. And so that took them out of the mix. It took everybody out of the mix. So I think all the brigades now uh, don't announce who you're singing with and what song you're going to compete with until just about an hour before the contest starts. So everybody is forced to learn uh, not to learn, but they're forced to sing with as many people as they can to go over all the 10 or 12 songs as many as they can, not knowing who they might draw, you know, in the quartet. I don't know much about the leadership team in Indiana, but I do know uh, several guys on the leadership team in North Carolina. They're all, uh, you know, real true leaders they can really get things done and i'm sure that is is part of what contributes to success you know no one person can't do everything i would imagine but maybe you guys can tell me you know what is it uh, tell me about your leadership team set up and how that contributes to the success of the uh, brigades well i my my leadership team is a little skinny compared to uh, atlantic and somewhat with north carolina uh, it's basically uh, dr silky and myself, uh, we have uh, a treasurer, one other fellow that's a treasurer, and we have one fellow that uh, keeps us uh, legal on all the music. Uh, and so, you know, we've just got a handful of guys, and each of us have our designated uh, areas of responsibility. And it seems to, uh, it seems to work out uh, pretty well. Uh, it's not, you know, like I said, we, we're not real deep, but that's that's the way I like it. And I'm kind of a control freak, I guess, too, so I like to keep my my fingers on everything that goes on. Uh, my situation in North Carolina was, um, in the very early stages, uh, it was sort of like a one-horse uh, machine. Uh, uh, I find, quickly found out that I could not do it all, and if I tried to do it all, I just was missing a lot. So I developed a music team and a membership team, uh, and, and each of those two teams consists of about eight to nine people each. And then I have a treasurer, um, treasurer secretary type, and, and then I handle the, the, the legal part of the music. Uh, so um, my, my administrative team is probably second in terms of numbers of people involved as compared to Atlantic Harbor Brigade. Um, when I saw their leadership team 
come on the stage one time. Uh, I saw about 20 guys, I believe, that that were in some way, um, you know, responsible for various elements of the weekend. Uh, one thing, Charles, too, that uh, uh, you're a little deeper in that uh, because your music team basically uh, is made up of guys from all the brigades and uh, because of the way we choose the music. So, uh, for instance, I'm on the North Carolina uh, music team, and uh, there's guys that from a couple other guys from Indiana Brigade on the music team, just as well as our the, the Atlantic Brigade, because we have a core group of guys on the North Carolina music team that selects uh, a lot of the songs for all the brigades. Yeah, and I think I understand this, Ray. You try to keep a com- some sort of commonality, you know, maybe four or six songs that are common throughout the, across all the different brigades, so that. When guys do get to conventions and meet someone from another brigade, there's a, there's a common set of songs that uh, that they can pick from to uh, to sing. Right. Actually, yeah. we try to keep eight. That's the, that's the goal. Is eight. The, the year starts off, Dean, with twelve songs at North Carolina, and of those twelve songs, uh, Indiana and potentially Atlanta Harbor Brigade from the prior year have added one or two songs of those twelve that we pick in North Carolina. And then that core that Dwayne was talking about, eight of those 12 start the year off, and it moves to Atlantic Harmony Brigade, um, then the Great Lakes Harmony Brigade, and then the Indiana Harmony Brigade. So, so we have the opportunity to visit and participate in the other brigades by, by the fact that we already know six or eight of the songs and all we have to learn is, you know, maybe a new set of four or two, depending on which brigade you're going to mm-hmm. attend. I'm sure you've received uh, feedback from attendees over the years. What are what are some of the positive responses that you've had? And I assume you use those to build on. And uh, maybe if you're free to share, what are what are some negative responses that you've had from attendees over the years? I think the from a positive uh, comment would be the opportunity to sing. Uh, more songs with more people and at a level that they just don't have at the at the local chapter that that's to me is is one of the most positive uh the fact that you're learning 12 new songs almost every year uh adds a lot to your repertoire it also gives you the ability to form new quartets and competitive quartet. I want Dwayne to share with you his golden opportunity that came his way uh, last year. Dwayne, tell Dean about that. Oh yeah, uh, there's a couple of new guys in uh, in our chapter. That uh, one of them is a career army guy, and he had a, a a deal where he needed some guys to sing the national anthem at the military post here in Indiana. So he asked uh, myself and two other guys, and we went down and, and sang that. And uh, a month or two later, got to be about the latter part of August, uh, they said, hey, you know what we ought to do? We ought to go to the district and just, just enter the district for the fun of it and just to support the district. So we took four brigade songs, and uh, we had about, I don't know, six or eight rehearsals, and we ended up winning the district. Wow. So <laughs> that was quite a surprise, but uh, yeah, that 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 was uh, you know we just took four brigade songs that had been done the previous year, and uh, that's that's what we sang. So 
We had our first uh, we had our first uh, Indiana uh, Brigade Quartet uh, champion, district champion. So we were we were pretty pleased with that. We've had our second, I think, Dwayne and Dean, in in North Carolina Brigade. I think we've had our second district champion quartet come out of the North Carolina Brigade. Uh, Dwayne didn't tell you, Dean, but he's also prior to winning the the regular Cardinal District contest. He won a senior quartet contest with some brigade guys. Yeah, that so was for brigade had, guys doing brigade songs. Right, right. And, of course, I've had my opportunity here to win the uh, Dixie District Senior Quartet Contest mm. uh, with fellow brigaders also. You know, another thing I think that, uh, you know, there's some guys that uh, I know I've talked to that say, you know, we're st- we, we thought we were getting a little bit of the barbershop burnout, but the, the brigade has really, you know, revitalized it. There are a certain number of guys, especially some younger guys who have careers and families, and, and a brigade, a once-a-year once brigade, that's their barbershop fix. They don't feel that they've got the time right now for their uh, uh, for their chapters, and uh, but yet they still want to stay involved in barbershop, and so... Uh, uh, they come to the brigade each year, but and and hopefully they'll they'll join a chapter or become more active in a chapter. Uh, you know, as their life gets less complicated. But at least we have an outlet for them. Yeah, I see notes batted about online on the Harmonet from time to time, either bemoaning the demise of quartetting in a society or or espousing the success maybe of quartetting in the society. Just wanted to throw out to you two, how do you feel about the health of quartetting in the society, barbershop society as a whole? Well, I I mean, around here I think that uh, the health of of, uh, quartetting is good. And again, uh, I believe that because of what the brigade offers. Uh, we've got right now in my chapter, my chapter has uh, about 70 guys that we put on the risers, and we've got around 21, 22 guys out of that chapter that participate in brigade and in quartetting. So, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, quartetting's alive and well. If it's not alive and well in Spokane, uh, you know, maybe they need to be looking at forming a, a brigade or doing something uh, to, to bring quartetting to that area. But I I feel it's strong here. What about you, Charlie? Uh, I think in Dixie District uh, uh, it's very strong, and um, the North Carolina Harbor Brigade uh, has um, added a lot of quartets. Uh, I think if you had a quartet contest of 26 quartets, there'd be 13 or more of them that would be brigade members uh, in various, you know, 13 quartets. Yeah, we have the same thing in Cardinal. Matter of fact, the last district convention, uh, I don't remember how many guys were in the quartets, but I do remember one thing, and that was we had 16 brigade songs that were sung on stage over those two nights. Now, that's that's pretty remarkable, I think. And, Dean, these guys that attend a brigade weekend go back to their local chapter, and uh, they are in, all of them are encouraged to look at their chapter members and assess whether or not they uh, have the capability of holding their own in a quartet. Can they be committed to a weekend, you know, like the Harbor Brigade weekend, so that we try to grow our membership and involvement with quartetting uh, at a higher level, hoping to, um, uh, as Dwayne said, just boost that that energy and and boost the commitment to quartetting. 
because that's what the society is. The society is a quartet society. Um, uh, you could talk to a chorus guy, and he says, I only want to sing in a chorus. And if that's what he wants to do, then that's what he should do. But there are a lot of chorus guys that in a local chapter don't have the various voice parts that match that could make him a better quartet person, or in fact, even expose him to quartetting. So the opportunity to begin a, uh, to attend a weekend allows a, a quartetter um, the ability to sing with lots of people and the opportunity to form a quartet as a result of that, possibly. Uh, one thing, uh, Dean, so, so your radio audience will understand, the brigades as they currently exist, uh, just going through them, are the Confederate Brigade, the North Carolina Harbor. The Confederate Brigade meets the weekend after Labor Day. The North Carolina Harbor Brigade meets the third weekend in January. The next brigade is Atlantic Harbor Brigade, and it meets uh, when, Dean? August. Uh, third weekend Correct. in August. The, the Great Lakes Harbor Brigade, uh, which is in, um, where is that, uh, in Michigan, Dwayne? Uh I can't. Oskmos or something like yeah, that. That's just new this year, right? Yeah, and, that's right. New, and they're the they're one. meeting the first weekend in June. Now, Dwayne, take it from here, uh, and let Dean and his audience know where the new brigades are popping up for another year or two. Okay. Well, for then the Indiana Harmony Brigades, the second weekend of November. Uh, Texas is. Uh, talking about starting the Lone Star uh, Harmony Brigade uh, in 2011. Uh, matter of fact, I'm supposed to set in on a conference call with a couple of guys down there uh, early June. Uh, then there is uh, uh, Quebec, Canada. Uh, there's some guys up there that are very serious about starting one in uh, 2011. Uh, there's been talk of Utah, uh, but we've not been able to establish uh, a firm date on that. And I think uh, we're going to see some action out of Minnesota in uh, in around 2011 or 2012. So I would say the three that I that I think we'll we'll probably see quick, pretty quick is uh, is Texas, uh, Canada, and uh, what was the other one that I said. Utah. Utah, Utah. And, of course, another one, Dwayne, that, that's had one already uh, is Northeastern. Well, of course, many of the brigades would have guys that only come to that brigade, but I know there is a lot of crossover, guys who attend two or three brigades, depending how uh, dedicated or demented they are, uh, whatever you call it, to quartetting. But, uh, you know, how many of these can you really have given the limited amount of weekends in a year's time that, you know, don't have other convention activities going on? I know you're planning to add a number of more, but really how far how far can you really take this thing? I mean, I heard a rumor that you're planning something overseas. Yeah, uh, Dwayne and I uh, are meeting uh, with uh, our executive director, uh, Ed Watson at the Philadelphia Convention, 
we're meeting with the uh, affiliates, and we're hoping to get the music team or music directors as well as the presidents uh, of those affiliates uh, to have sort of a one-on-one session with them to look at forming brigades uh, overseas. And probably one of the first ones might be the BABS, the British Association of Barbershoppers. I think, I think, Dean, that, uh, you know, it's, it's basically regional, uh, although, you know, as Charlie indicated earlier, uh, there's certainly people uh, come from all over to attend the North Carolina Harmony Brigade, but, uh, you know, that is kind of like a, making a pilgrimage back because it's, it's the first one. But, you know, Indiana, we have guys signed up this year from 21 states. Uh, so that tells you, you two things. One, it tells you that there's a tremendous amount of interest spread around the country in attending a brigade. It tells you another thing is that there is a lack of uh, a lack of local brigades for these guys to to go to. Uh, I mean, you know, we've got guys coming from Texas and from uh, Utah and and uh, Nevada, California, California, and and just all over. So, uh, I I I don't know that there would be any major limit to the number of uh, uh of brigades that uh, that really could could go on it, it just uh, i i think you know the sky's the limit dean i think one thing that determines um the weekend of a brigade is if you were to start one in say in minnesota or florida or texas it's it's you have to pick a weekend that barbershop activity is maybe at a down where you don't you're not conflicting with a convention coming up or or one just finished or an international or right. Harmony University. It's just got to be a time period that's suitable for that region. And and that's why the time for pick North Carolina's picked in January because it's a, a, a sort of a dead time. Um, um uh, I don't. I don't know. I can't speak for Neil Siegel and Atlantic Harbor Brigade. But Dwayne, why did you pick uh, the middle of November? Uh, no particular reason. Uh, just you know, spread it out a little bit as we were, uh, as we were picking picking dates. Uh, we had it the last part of October, and then it continued to to be in conflict with the leadership form from the society. And so Roger Lewis, who was president at the time, asked me. He said, "You know, could you guys move that so, so there's not a conflict uh, because there's, you know, you've got a lot of leaders that want to come to both." And so we just picked uh, that second weekend of November, and that's where it's been ever since. It's just worked out well for that. And you guys have put together a prospectus of sorts or a manual on how to start a brigade if someone is so inclined to do that in their own area. Um, I was doing some online searching today and uh, to find out brigade history and happened to come upon that document, a Word document. And uh, just how would someone, uh, who would someone contact to, to get a hold of that manual? It's just a matter of contacting me. Uh, I put the manual together uh last year uh you know because there are a, a number of places uh, a number of people that are looking to start brigades and we felt that we needed uh, felt that we needed something uh, to give guidance and to bring some continuity to it and so uh 
the manual is available, and all they would need to do is, is contact me, and I can uh, send it. And to I you. can get some information, get that contact information in the show no- notes also. Now, Dwayne, Dwayne and Dean, let me just add to what uh, uh, Dwayne just said. The not only is a manual a great resource tool to see the workings of Brigade Weekend. But more important than that manual is if there's a barbershop out there who wants to learn about a brigade, experiencing it is the most important thing. They need to contact uh, you for the Atlantic and Harmony Brigade or Neil Siegel or Dwayne for Indiana or me for North Carolina uh, uh, or um, Mike O'Donnell for the Great Lakes Harmony Brigade. They need to decide where they can go, and they need to spend a weekend at an uh, participating in a brigade weekend. That there's nothing takes the place of hands-on experience. Yeah, that's imperative. It is uh, an experience that is difficult to explain to someone until they have gone through it. Uh, just because there is so much packed into one weekend, uh, Friday night through a Sunday morning. Uh, there's a Friday night quartet contest shortly after the guys arrive, and then. Uh, uh, you know, qualifying to sing on a Saturday night show, then a Saturday night quartet contest also, and a party afterwards, and a lot of uh, singing all night, uh, both nights. So uh, speaking of the Saturday night show, it's not really, you know, it's a quartet weekend, yet there's a huge 130 or 50 member chorus on Saturday night that's a show given for the public. It doesn't really fit the quartet concept for the weekend, but uh, it, it's a great sounding show. And the North Carolina is a sellout each year. It's been going on, you know, for many years now. The people I talk to down there in the audience just, uh, I mean, they plan for it every year. It's uh, usually popular. Atlantic's becoming more and more popular, and I'm sure it is the same way in Indiana. Tell me about the Saturday Night Show, how it got started, and how it integrates into your weekend activities. Go ahead, Charlie. Oh, well, the Confederate Brigade really started that Saturday Night Show because that was sort of the audience pleaser. When when the Confederate Brigade would meet, they would just sing polecats and sing around. And then for Saturday Night, in a local uh, resort or high school, they would get together and uh, some Civitan club or Rotary club would get the Confederate Brigade course to sing. And and so that's how that started. So that concept of a Saturday night show uh, was part of the North Carolina format as well. And, uh, And I can say when Neil started the Atlantic Harbor Brigade, he was uh, trying to stay away from a Saturday night show. Uh, but the Saturday night show is an opportunity for sort of a fundraising to keep the cost down for the weekend. Um, but uh, Dean, I would agree with you. When you put 100, and 100 to 120 guys on stage uh, who all, know all 12 songs just about picture perfect, it makes one heck of a good sounding chorus. And we use it, uh, we use a lot of the show as far as an outreach. Uh, youth outreach, first of all, uh, you know, when the guys, uh, we have a bunch of guys that arrive early on Friday morning, and we uh, we go out and sing at the schools uh, to promote uh, to promote singing and to promote barbershop. Uh, we pass out free tickets to the kids that want to come to the show on, on Saturday night. And uh, then we frequently have uh, either a high school chorus or a high school quartet. Uh, you know, part- uh, participate on our on our show. So, yeah, we we 
we try to use the the show uh, as as a, an outreach to the community as as well as to uh, as to you. Well, guys, and we want to thank both of you for spending time today and uh, talking to me. Uh, we'll get the contact information in the show notes if anyone would like some more information. They can get a hold of uh, Charlie or Dwayne uh, or even myself. Well, thank you, Dean. Thank you for the opportunity to share the brigade movement. And I would just say to all your listeners out there. If you are interested in the brigade movement and want to start a brigade in your hometown, you know, please take the first step and contact Dwayne or, or Dean or myself, and let's just have a telephone conversation about how to go about it and get that operations manual from Dwayne. And by all means, put your, put your dollar bill in to attend one of the local brigades. We'd love to have you visit North Carolina. There you go. Same all right, here. guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Thank you, Dean. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for tuning into the Harmacast today. If you have any comments, questions, feedback, or just hate the show completely and would like to let us know, our Skype ID is Harmacast. Telephone number is 703-794-2730 or send an email to info at harmocast.com. We would love to hear from you. If you were going to be at uh, Harmony College East mid-June in Salisbury, Maryland, uh, look me up. I'll be up most all night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Should be plenty of opportunities to uh, sing a tag together, and uh, love to see you there. Uh, again, thanks for listening to the show today, and we'll see you next time. What a day this has been, what a rare mood I'm in, why it's almost like being in love, there's a smile on my face. No, I will never come to my senses.